0: Jefferson Morley is a veteran j- journalist and author. We've, we're here to discuss his latest book, The Ghost, The Secret Life of CIA Spymaster James Jesus Angleton. In our last interview, we discussed your previous book on the Mexico CIA Station Chief Winston Scott, who is also a friend of CIA Director James Angleton. Why don't we start the broadcast with guns blazing and ask you about the deep state? Does it exist? What is your definition definition of the deep state? And... Did it begin with the CIA and James Angleton? Because you describe a long list of dirty laundry ranging from cover-ups to unconstitutional surveillance and illegal weapons transfers uh, sanctioned by Angleton in in The Ghost. Yeah, well,
1: um, you know, the language of the deep state, I mean it's politicized and sometimes it's used to you know, impugn any civil servant in Washington who's trying to do their job and criticizes the president. So I'm not crazy about the language of the deep state because I think it can be misinterpreted, but we do have a secret sector of the U.S. government, which is intelligence agencies whose workings are classified information and whose budgets are classified. So if you go to your congressman and you ask about the NSA or the national reconnaissance office or the national geospatial intelligence agency or the CIA, you cannot, as a citizen, you cannot get any information about what's being done with your taxpayer dollars. So these are secret agencies. And this is a big sector of the U S government. That's probably about if you take NSA, CIA, all the other intelligence agencies, probably 60, $70 billion a year budgets. So this is a big secret sector of the U.S. government. The deep state is one way to refer to that sector. Um, The secret state, uh, the national security state, I think all of these are getting at the same real phenomenon, which is agencies that operate entirely in secret. And so when people talk about the deep state, that's what they're talking about. Now, when did it start? Well, the It really started with the 1947 National Security Act, which created the CIA and the Defense Department and the intelligence agencies and and created the rationale for covert operations and covert surveillance. So yeah, I think that the the thing we call the deep state, the secret state, did originate in 1947. Um, It has grown rapidly, far beyond just the The CIA to encompass other intelligence agencies, and it has a big effect on our political system. Uh, It's uh, just by its very nature. So, I take it very seriously. That you know, the talk about the deep state, um, its conspiratorial overtones can be overdone sometimes. um, But at the core, the real phenomenon of secret government is worth paying attention to. And my books, *Our Man in Mexico*, and *The Ghost*, are really about the early days the foundation of this of, of this secret world and some of the personalities who were key in it so winston scott was key in mexico james angleton was was very powerful in washington and these books illuminate the world that they lived in the world they made which is still the world we live in
0: and if i'm not mistaken i believe in the ghost you have some new information research uh, relating to Lee Harvey Oswald and Angleton, you describe how Angleton deliberately covered up his knowledge of Lee Harvey Oswald, which went back as far as 1959, four years before JFK's assassination. And
1: yeah, so one of the big, one of the big significant findings in the book is, I mean, it's it it, it has been known before, but it hasn't really been understood that. You know, the official story that this guy named Oswald came out of nowhere and killed the president is just not true. I mean, let's leave aside who killed the president. Oswald did not come out of nowhere. Okay. He was well known to top CIA officials. And by well known, I mean they knew his biography, they knew about his politics, they knew about his foreign travels, they knew about his Russian wife, they knew about his state of mind, they knew that he beat his wife, they knew everything about this guy. And nobody did anything as he made his way towards Dallas. So, and then after the assassination, Angleton made sure that this story remained hidden and it has remained hidden until now. So, you know, uh, the accused assassin was not a lone nut unknown to the U.S. government. The accused assassin was somebody who James Angleton and other top CIA officers had been watching for four years before President Kennedy was killed. So that's a... You know, that's a real significant finding that 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 changes what the assassination looks like for us, because uh, it was a far greater uh, intelligence failure, if you will, than uh, than the government ever admitted. This man who allegedly killed the president was very well known to the people who were supposed to protect the president.
0: And you you mentioned how uh, Angleton also Obstructed investigation uh, into this. There was a CIA officer named John Whitten who who he uh, wanted to stop uh, pre- prevent
1: investigation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, you know, when when you recreate how Angleton prevented this story from coming out, you know, you realize that his actions do amount to obstruction of justice and and, and perjury in a in a homicide investigation. So yeah, he. John Whitten was a CIA officer, counter-espionage officer, who wanted to do a serious investigation of Oswald um, internally. Uh, And when he tried to do that, Angleton uh, got him taken off the job um, and really forced him out of the CIA. So, you know, this was a very serious matter. This was one of the agency's most sensitive secrets, and Angleton hit it.
0: And just one final uh, question on that point. You also cite, I believe, Seymour Hersh who had a conversation with Angleton, uh, and Angleton seemed to have attributed, the, between the lines, uh, the assassination to CIA elements. Perhaps Oswald could have been a scapegoat. That could be one scenario. What, what do you think of that?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the the quote, and I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to say it by exactly, but you know, roughly what Angleton told Hirsch when Hirsch asked about. Uh, who killed Kennedy? Angleton said something like, uh, 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 "A mansion. A mansion has many rooms. I'm not sure who struck Jack. I don't know who struck Jack. So it was a very enigmatic co- comment, with, and typical of Angleton, um, which suggested that you know perhaps uh, you know the, the the assassination had emanated." from somewhere in the U.S. government, which, you know, he wasn't sure about. Um, so I think, what you know, the, the reason why it's important is that, you know, it indicates that, you know, th- this story that one guy came out of nowhere and killed the president, I mean, it wasn't, it was not credible even to insiders like Angleton. You know, Angleton didn't say, Oh, you know, that guy Oswald killed the president. What are you talking about? You know, he he, he was in the know. He just didn't talk that way. And, the, and, and he didn't talk that way for a good reason, because he didn't believe it. And he knew that there was plenty of reason not to believe it. So that's what, you know, that's what Angleton was telling us is that, you know, the official story had no credibility, even inside at the very top of the
0: CIA. And moving on, What of Angleton and the genesis of illegal and unconstitutional mass surveillance of U.S. citizens? Does the surveillance state begin with Angleton? Did he beat the NSA to it?
1: Well, um, you know, I didn't look at the NSA side of it, so um, I can't say for sure. But certainly, Angleton pioneered the techniques that we now call mass surveillance. Um, and he did this by mass surveillance of the U.S. mails. starting in the 1950s. Um, he began intercepting and opening the letters of Americans and not, you know, uh, without a warrant. Um, so there was no probable cause for uh, you know, opening somebody's mail. It was definitely illegal. It's illegal under the U.S. Postal Code to open letters that are intended for other people um, uh, and certainly illegal for the, for the post office to do it. Um, and by the end of the 1950s and throughout the 1960s, he was opening and reading and filing the letters of perhaps you know, 10,000 people every year. So, this really was the first mass surveillance program. I think the n s a was doing something similar uh with um with uh telegrams uh at the time um but that was not an area I got into but suffice it to say, this is when these techniques first come into play, and um i think and and I write in the ghost that I think You know, they were a forerunner of the mass surveillance systems that are now in place, which, uh, you know, now we have email. And so the government has the capacity to intercept um, and read your email. Um, And uh, they operate under some more, the government operates under more constraints than Angleton did, um, but their capacity is much more powerful. So I think historically I see a, a, a straight line. From uh, Angleton's mass surveillance of uh, of mail in the 1950s to the you know mass digital surveillance that we have today, uh, it's interesting to note too that in 1977 the Justice Department declined to prosecute Angleton or anybody else for the mail surveillance program, even though it was pretty clear that it was illegal at the time. Basically, the Justice Department would have had a very difficult time prosecuting a case um, because all of the information would have been classified, and it would have been very hard to to bring that information into a courtroom. So uh, the Justice Department, you know, agreed not to prosecute Angleton, and that, that failure to prosecute set a precedent. Um, if he had been prosecuted, there would be more of a legal precedent against mass surveillance, and it didn't happen, uh, which made the recurrence of mass surveillance after 9 11 is much more possible.
0: And, you know, last, uh, one year ago, I read, while I was on vacation at the beach uh, in Mexico, I read Our Man in Mexico, your previous book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's groundbreaking information. You know, people should go out and, and buy that. I just finished reading The Ghost. I'm already waiting for your, <laughs> your next book. <laughs> um, but um, you've in- investigated US intelligence, CIA, for decades. What would you say is its legacy? Would you agree with JFK's intention to splinter it into a thousand pieces, or was it a road to, uh, to hell paved with good intentions?
1: Well, that's a uh, that's a big question. I mean, I, w- I, I would take it a couple, take it apart a couple times. I mean, one, and this is in the context of where we are today. You know we uh we, we have a president who is very hostile at least rhetorically to the CIA and you know uh a president does need uh an intelligence agency for good information to make policy and to make this you know decisions of war and peace so uh you know the idea of having an intelligence agency i think any you know major nation needs to have one um the the problematic part for me and i think this this comes out in both books is um you know the use of covert action um and uh what's what's amazing in both of the books that 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 i wrote um is how often covert action fails um and how little it has achieved and how often it backfires um, and uh you know this idea that we have the right to go and break the laws of other countries in order to advance our own national security it, it it has become very tempting for presidents to have this option, but it's a you know it's a drug and it's 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 not a very healthy drug. You know we had the disastrous Bay of Pigs uh, invasion planned by the CIA. We had the the whole um, you know continuing mystery of this Kennedy's assassination, CIA uh, misstatements, uh, uh, mis you know misconduct related to the assassination of a president, extreme secrecy, which still surrounds the JFK assassination to this day, you know, um, the 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 failure in Vietnam, the Iran-Contra scandal, you know, the list goes on and on. And, and covert action just has not been very uh, advantageous to this country. Its successes, to me, seem much more numerous, I mean, much less numerous than its failures. So, I think that uh you know uh, you need an intelligence agency, but we don't need an intelligence agency that tortures people that interferes in people's other elections uh, that's uh that doesn't help the country so you know my overall take um, is critical um of 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 the CIA uh, and uh but but based on a very realistic uh view of what it's like to work for those agencies, and both my books are about. Very interesting men who served the CIA and, you know, uh, served it to the best of their ability and with their whole, you know, hearts and minds determined to do it. And both books show how problematic that, you know, serving the CIA's missions, you know, came to be. So I think that gives a sense of my take on the value of the CIA.
0: And. Ultimately, who was James Angleton, a product of his era or a man that traveled too close to the edge of madness in the hall of smoke and mirrors?
1: Well, you know, he, he, he was one of the founding fathers of our, you know, secret uh, secret agencies, you know, not just the CIA, but the whole secret apparatus um, and his ambitions for Uh, Collecting intelligence regardless uh, is an ambition that our national security agencies share today. So Angleton, you know, Angleton was obsessed with counterintelligence and Russian efforts to penetrate the United States. And our intelligence agencies still have that same focus, that same fear. So a very, very influential figure. But like you say, also one whose um, obsessions and alcoholism really, you know, led him into madness And and, and led him to be fired, led him to do a lot of damage, both to the CIA internally and to lots of people outside of it. So, you know, he was a a very fascinating, uh, brilliant man who went, you know, went tragically astray.
0: And is there anything I'm missing? What other great lesson or revelation perhaps have you learned from the research that, that went into Ghost?
1: Well, you know the this, the this, this, this story about Angleton and the thing that that impressed me as I as I as I did the book was one that there was this connection between his time and ours, and that was the creation of this secret apparatus that the president relies on, um, and Angleton was very instrumental in creating that apparatus and all of the things that it did. So, um, you know, that was one thing that struck me. Another was. Angleton had a reputation as a man who was uh, famous for hunting for moles within the CIA. And that was you know, what he was known for. And in fact, his range of activities was much wider. Um, and uh, so he played a very influential role in creating the strategic relationship between the United States and Israel through his excellent relations with the Mossad. and And the ghost shows how that how he nurtured that relationship and how it came to be so important. Um, uh, His role in mass surveillance, um, his role in the JFK assassination story. So, you know, Angleton figured in lots more things than I really fully appreciated going into that. And I think this speaks to um, something to what we opened with, which is, you know, the, the our, our, our discourse about a deep state. And what Angleton's career shows is that, you know, career, you know powerful officials who operate with complete secrecy have a great deal of impunity and, and not just in their own specific, you know, job areas, but they are able to move across, you know, different sectors of the government and influence things. And I think that's something to keep in mind too. Uh, today is, you know, we don't know who the Angletons of today are, but what Angleton's story tells us is that when powerful officials can operate in complete secrecy, you know, you really don't know the full extent of what they can do um, until, you know, many years later. So I wonder about who who is the Angleton or who are the Angletons of today, because it is there that we will find, um, you know, the abuses, of, the abuse of power that, of the type that Angleton engaged in.
0: It's a very interesting way to put it, the Angletons of, of today, and and what is something you might recommend us, you know, U.S. citizens, that we could do to help uh, you know, rebalance these government institutions?
1: I, I think that, uh, you know, the the, the the idea of transparency, um, the the uh, the futility of uh, not just the futility of excessive secrecy, but the the mistrust that 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 official secrecy breeds, um, uh, the conspiracy theories that it breeds. It it really has a secrecy has a poisonous effect on 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 the workings of government and the and and, and public life and. I think that to question the, cl- the government's claims of national security secrecy constantly is just is essential. Um, this system of national security secrecy does not serve us, and it, it, and it serves to obscure the abuse of power. So what I try to do is try and bring that, you know, that idea of transparency and accountability to these stories. That's what we need in order to understand and prevent the abuse of power.
0: And finally, looking forward to 2018, what issue or issues are you most concerned with? Uh, in
1: 2018, I mean, I mean, you know, we have a crisis of government, you know, going on right now with, uh, um, and, um, uh, you know, we, we have a president who's determined uh, to uh, prevent himself from being held accountable. Uh, who's, who, who is determined to purge the Justice Department, the FBI, so that he can uh, bring these law enforcement agencies under his own control. And, you know, that's a real threat to constitutional government. So um, uh, what we need at the same time that we insist on, you know, radical transparency and, 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 and reducing secrecy, um, you know, we need the governments of, the institutions of government to hold the president accountable and make sure that he is not beyond the reach of the law. And right now, you know, that this struggle is not, uh, you know, is not settled. The president is clearly trying to get control of the FBI uh, and make it uh, responsive to his whims and not to uh, uh, its own political independence. That's very dangerous when an autocratic leader gets his hand on a law enforcement agency. So I think that's the most important issue we face in the coming election.
0: Okay, Jefferson Morley, people can find your books such as Our Man in Mexico and The Ghost in bookstores and online. You also run jfkfacts.org and you have a website at jeffersonmorley.com. Is there any other work you are doing people should know about and how can people best follow and support you?
1: Um. Uh, By my books, uh, *The Ghost* and uh, uh, *Our Man in Mexico*. I also write daily journalism for Alternet.org, uh, which is a news site, um, uh, and my work regularly appears there. So that's more my daily journalism work rather than my historical work, but uh, that's where I appear most often. So those are the places to find me.
0: Thank you again for your books, your insights, and analysis. Thank you.